And we are about to have a conversation about something that I know is very important to you. We are talking about the stability of having a home, having someplace to live in the city of Chicago. Very important, very important, especially for renters. But there is this issue. It's called no-fault evictions, and it happens more often than you think. Totally legal, too, here in the city of Chicago. Joining us on the live line to talk about an ordinance which is in play, will be in play this week, to help fight no-fault evictions are our guests, Frank Avalone of the Lawyers Committee for Better Housing and Chicago Housing League, as well as Alderman Daniel Lespada of the First Ward. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me in Atiba today. You're so welcome. Good to be here. We appreciate Thank you for you. having us. So here is what I want, want you to do for our listeners who I'm sure they know what it is, but they may not know it by the name. Just explain this idea of no fault evictions. Sure. I'd be happy to take that on and, and appreciate your having us on. Um, so no fault eviction is the historical practice where a landlord by law is allowed to terminate the landlord-tenant relationship or not renew your lease or evict you in an eviction court for no reason at all as long as they give you the proper notice. So what our just cause for eviction bill does is it ends that 200-year practice and it says something very simple. If you want someone to move who's been living in your apartment for years and sometimes even decades, then you have to have a legitimate and honest reason for doing so. So that's that's the essence of what it is. Lots of details, of course. And when we're talking about that, because that is sounds simple enough, but there are certain situations that can just trigger that, that, for example, if the property changes hands, you know, just give a few examples. Sure. So, um, the just cause for eviction law, which, by the way, Kim, there's just cause laws all over the United States for decades. This is nothing new. Uh, we know how it works. We know that it operates well. We know that it doesn't harm landlords or investment. Um, it is, for example, the law in the entire state of California, the entire state of New Jersey, uh, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, St. Paul, Minnesota. I could go on and on. Just cause laws govern over 10 million units nationwide, including over 30,000 rental units right here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So we just think that the other 1.4 million Chicago renters should enjoy the same benefit. So what Just Cause does is it says you can't displace people for no reason at all. You've got to have a reason. And here are the seven reasons. You've got to have one of those, three of them are all the historical reasons of tenant fault, non-payment of rent, mm -hmm. disturbing your neighbors, damaging the property, etc. All the reasons that you could have for evicting or terminating a tenant now would still exist. But then our bill says, well, there are four other reasons that have nothing to do with the renter, but are legitimately considered nationwide to be appropriate reasons that a landlord might have. To move yourself in, to move in a close family member, like if you're son or daughter had children, you needed them to move into the apartment. Mm -hmm. If you want to do substantial rehab, uh, you want to do condo conversion, or you just want to take the unit off the market as a rental unit and turn its use to something else. Those are all legitimate reasons for asking a tenant to move elsewhere. So the law simply would replace 
the no fault, no cause by having a landlord select one of these seven reasons that is grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. I would only, uh, this is Daniel, I, I would only add to Frank's comments, it's not just that it's the law so many places other than Chicago, just cause for eviction actually governs how CHA housing evictions ha- happen. It governs how a lot of publicly subsidized housing evictions happen. Our courts know what to do with this. It's sound policy and policy we know how to implement. It's just not a benefit, not a right that is currently afforded to the majority of Chicago's renters. Mm-hmm. Okay, hi, Alderman. Hi, this is Atiba. I'd like to ask Frank. Um, I'm, I'm trying to understand how this becomes a problem. Gen- just correct me if I'm wrong. Generally speaking, if someone is up to date on their payments and they're not disturbing their neighbors, or again, they're not guilty of any of the first three things that you outlined, wouldn't it be in the landlord's best interest to continue to rent to that person? Like, what, and, and what is this, the average scenario where this is this becomes an issue? That's an excellent question. Absolutely. And so where we see involuntary displacements without cause and without fault, and by the way, our estimates, and they're only estimates because there isn't hard data on the subject, but our estimates are is that about 10,000 Chicago families are displaced every year through no-fault, no-cause mechanisms. So why, why is that? Well, no-fault, no-cause is the legitimate legal vehicle for someone who's gentrifying the building or the neighborhood to clear buildings out. It is the legitimate vehicle right now for uh, people who are flipping real estate to clear buildings out. It is also uh, not legitimate but frequently done if a landlord is trying to hide or mask illegal racial discrimination or other forms of discrimination or very commonly where a landlord is trying to mask or hide illegal retaliation. Like if the building is in bad condition, say in South Shore, um, and the tenants ask for repairs to be made, but the landlord doesn't make repairs, many, all too often, a landlord will retaliate against the complaining tenants, fixing the problem by forcing them to move using the no-fault mechanism. Or if the tenants complain to 311 about the condition of the building, you get the idea that retaliating through no-fault eviction becomes the vehicle that they do that by. So those are the common scenarios um, that we see quite often. Um, There can be other reasons for no-fault, no-cause terminations and evictions, but those are the dominant ones, gentrification, property flipping, masking discrimination, and masking retaliation. So as I'm hearing you say that, something that came to my mind is, and you let me know if this, if this, you know, the frequency with this happening, if at all, is that if there's a landlord or a tenant that is receiving Section 8 from a tenant but would like to get the apartment or a unit on the open market, is that another area of potential abuse that you, could, that you would see this being helpful for? Um, I'm not sure. That's a good question. And, of course, um, there's two dominant forms of Section 8. The project-based Section 8 where – Big private companies like Habitat Company, they own the buildings and simply receive the government payment. Um, Those are already covered by just cause laws. Mm -hmm. But the voucher system where the subsidy goes with the tenant wherever the tenant moves, that is not covered by just cause laws. Interesting. 
And the thing is, I just want our, our audience to be clear. We're talking about evictions. We're not talking about not renewing a lease. You know, it, it is one of those simple things. If you get to the end of a lease, you decide that's not who you want to rent to anymore. You can do that. But this is no fault evictions, which are having a greater impact in our city than we thought. Alderman, why why was this so important to you to to take this cause up? I think it was because I witnessed how no-fault evictions were really destructive to the communities that I represent, up in Logan Square, up in Humboldt Park. I could walk down Milwaukee Avenue with you and point out buildings where the new owner had put folks on 30-day leases and then at once issued eviction filings to all of the tenants. Wow who lived in the building all at once, did not even give folks an opportunity to try to renegotiate their leases or see if they could pay at a higher rate that this landlord was trying to go for. Evicted everyone all at once. We lost literally hundreds of households over a five-year period to this pattern of abuse, and it led to such incredible displacement for the from the community so being able to correct this kind of unjust policy to hopefully help others in the future stay in place and stay in their homes is really important to me we are talking with alderman daniel lasvada of the first ward as well as frank avalone who is an attorney with the lawyers committee for better housing and chicago housing league and um Alderman, what is the process from here on out with the ordinance? What what happens um, this week? I, I believe the city council is in. So what should we be looking forward to? Well, I would say first to come out of city council requires passing things through committee. Mm-hmm. The next housing committee meeting, so it's currently in the housing realist committee where we had a really – successful subject matter hearing about a month ago where we were able to dismiss a lot of the the myths and false information out there around what just cause really means. Now the challenge is passing it through committee where we have close to a majority of the members already signed on as co-sponsors of the ordinance. That is the real piece of work. I think a lot of folks currently usually think it's about how you get to those 26 votes But the real fight in city councils often getting to that committee vote. And that is what we're working on right now. Right. And so, um, Attorney Avalone, when when we're looking at this, this is just another piece of, you know, basically securing housing for people. The eviction moratorium just ended on October at the very beginning of last week. Um, We have been running ads here because we're so concerned about that. Uh, We've been running ads about people not self-evicting and that type of thing. Are these issues that you also take up with your organizations? Uh, Yes, Lawyers Committee for Better Housing uh, is a frontline organization that does eviction defense work. We also uh, help uh, uh, applications and distribution of the COVID relief rental assistance money. So people can go to uh, uh, the website rentervention.com where they can self-diagnose and at the end of the process be given documents to complete and, and lawyers to speak with, et cetera. Or they can call Lawyers Committee for Better Housing 
leave a detailed message and they'll get a call back the same day or next day um, for legal services. Uh, so we've been doing eviction defense work and building disrepair work uh, for 40 years in Chicago and are, are no strangers to the current landscape. Uh, Attorney Avalon, this is Atiba. I wanted to ask you about actually the process of, of that. And the uh, and one thing that I've heard, I mean, you, you mentioned that you're helping people uh, secure money for rental assistance. And I, and I have understood then that there is a lot of money available for that, but that not as many people are applying for it due to lack of awareness of the program or for whatever the reason. Are you finding that to be the case? Are you finding that there's more money than there are applicants or the reverse? Um, I think we don't really know the answer to that question. I think what we do know is that there is money available both through Ida at the Illinois state level and through the city of Chicago um, as distributed through a number of organizations. And the app, what we do know is that the application process has been slow. It's been hard to turn these applications around and get the money out the door. Now, sometimes it's because maybe the landlord hasn't uh, processed the paperwork as quickly as we would like or the tenant uh, needs to submit something here and there. But in truth, both Ida and the city of Chicago uh, had COVID money dumped on them less than a year ago uh, and then in installments thereafter and actually had to set up administrative processes from whole cloth, from scratch. So uh, a little bit of sympathy to them uh, that they're asked to do this big job that they've had to create and to staff. Um, I think they're doing better at it. I think the turnaround time is narrowing. The money's getting out the door. But that's one of the reasons why the COVID eviction moratorium has been extended a number of times is because the money that was available and has been applied for hasn't been able to get out the door yet. So there's still money available. There's still opportunities there. The city's receiving a new round of funds as well. So uh, there's still plenty of opportunities for people to redeem the landlord-tenant relationship and get paid up. Uh, so landlords have money for their mortgages and tenants have a home for themselves. All right. And I want to ask uh, the, the uh, alderman, uh, Mr. Laspata, if, if you could tell us a little about the legislation in so much as what are the qualifications for the person to be in to qualify to get help or, or to be protected by the law? In other words, what if you're 90 days behind or like where, where do you need to be situated so that the law can work for you? So Frank was talking about this earlier in terms of the the qualifications to be able to uh, evict someone or non-renew. Because we, we are, at the end of the day, talking about non-renewal. We are talking about right now a city where, to be frank, everyone, like there, there are folks who are in my ward, have their leases non-renewed because of how many kids they have or like the color of their skin, their racial ethnic identity. And we're really eliminating that as a cause of non-renewal as well. If you are, like, um, not compliant with your lease, if you're 90 days past due, uh, all of the reasons that Frank was talking about earlier, um, those are just cause to evict folks. If, however, like, you're you're doing everything right, like, you're the quality tenant is the vast majority of tenants are that we were talking about earlier, you ought to receive these protections. And for, as Frank was talking about earlier, 
if there are causes for eviction that we're not arguing aren't just causes, but if your landlord is pursuing those, um, then you can be entitled to relocation assistance as well. Okay. And so if if someone has a good case scenario come out, they, 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 yes. they, they, they're protected by the law, does that mean then that they can just continue to stay into the, into the property? Um, and, does, and does this also provide any type of rent protection? Let's say instead of trying to kick you out, the landlord just decides to raise the rent to something that is unaffordable. What protections are there for that? So unfortunately, there are no protections on raising your rent in this city or in this state. This is actually, if I'm being honest, it's something that drove my wife and I out of an apartment we were living in when our landlord turned around and decided it was going to be $150 more a month to stay there. In Chicago and in the state of Illinois, uh, we are actually banned currently from even considering rent stabilization or rent control policies based off of a state preemption act. Mm -hmm. And for us to change that, and a lot of us would love to change that, that's actually going to require state action. Wow. Wow. Okay. So that, that is giving us more information about this. So um, you had the subject matter hearing on this. It comes up for committee vote when? That is at the discretion of the, the chair. chair of our committee. And so that's the conversation we continue to have with Alderman Harry Osterman, who has been great in collaboration thus far. And the work that we have now is convincing him that it is time for that vote. Okay. Well, what other things are, are, you know, at city council, I know you guys have been going through a lot of the budget discussions and I'm sure that has not ended. What other things are we looking at this week? Boy, I think the budget has captivated most of our Mm -hmm. energy right now. I imagine that this uh, week's meeting will be pretty low key with your, your general zoning ordinances, Mm -hmm. public way ordinances, pedestrian traffic safety, measures as we kind of like set the table for the the main course, which is going to be our budget vote potentially on October 27th. That's right around the corner. Yes, sir. Clock's ticking. Sure. And how, and how are those talks progressing? I think, well, um, I think this budget reflects a lot of listening on the part of, the administration, both at their community engagement forums, but also to the various caucuses of the city council who have really been pushing for our American Rescue Plan funds to be used for the health and the stability and the safety of Chicago residents. The the question is always in the details. What is the timing of these funds? What does it take to build the capacity to get them out to folks? You may have heard last year we had a, a lot of programs that were supposed to get 650 lead service lines replaced in the last year. That ended up being only 10 uh, based off of what what you could call like a real growing pains for the program, but also a need for more oversight uh, on behalf of city council. And so we're making sure that we have the oversight, the transparency in place to make sure that this budget isn't just a set of numbers that we're prepared to really act on and execute this budget toward the benefit of our constituents. Sure. Uh, Attorney Avalon, I wanted to ask you as well. 
if someone is looking to utilize your company's services, um, do they have to live in the city of Chicago uh, only, or do you also facilitate the suburbs? Our particular organization is City of Chicago residents. There are other civilly related organizations uh, that do serve the suburbs. Um, so, yeah, our Lloyd's Committee for Better Housing is largely centered around the city. Well, we want to thank you, you all. Know, oh, go right ahead, Alderman. Sorry. I, I, I was going to say, Kim, that the one of the highlights that we feel about Just Cause for Eviction is that it really is a matter of both racial justice and health justice. When you look at the eviction rates and more broadly beyond the eviction court displacement, because, you know, if you get a termination notice of your month-to-month tenancy or you get a non-renewal notice, those eviction notices, a lot of people, for fear of being in court and ruining their credit report, et cetera, a lot of people move so that an eviction case doesn't need to be filed against them, but they're displaced. They're living doubled up with friends and neighbors. They're sometimes abandoning their personal property to to move out in a hurry. And this affects people across all the income levels, particularly working-class people and lower-income people, but especially and wildly disproportionately in the African-American community. The Community areas with the highest displacement rate are Riverdale, South Shore, Washington Park, Chatham, Greater Cross, Grand Crossing, Auburn, Gresham, Austin, uh, uh, etc. So this really does affect black and brown people wildly disproportionately, not only in Chicago, but it's fairly well known uh, across the country. Um, so when we talk about Black Lives Matter, then, and we talk about racial equity, Those just can't be empty phrases. We actually have to back them up with something. And one thing that we can back them up with is a good, sound, well-known, well-tested policy like Just Cause that gives so many people in Chicago a sense of place and home by allowing them to have housing stability. And that's so important. Um, And that's why we think that uh, this is a matter of racial justice and health justice and we certainly hope that uh, our city council will, will act accordingly. Well, we want to oh, thank yeah. you both for, for coming on. We want to thank you so much. And there was a website that you gave out just a little bit ago, Rentervention. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to give you two websites. One is Rentervention, R-E-N-T-E-R-V-E-N-T-I-O-N, Rentervention.com for any tenant, landlord-tenant issue or problem. And then for Just Cause, there's a separate website, www.justcausechicago.org. There's tons of data, very interesting studies, interesting pieces. People can sign up to support. You can see the list of 64 community organizations that already support this bill, like COCO and the Teachers Union and the Chicago Urban League, uh, Bright Park Neighborhood Council, just to name a few. Um, so that website has some very valuable information on there that people can take a look at. Alderman, we want to give you the last word. I believe you were saying something. You know, I, I would tell you in a city like Chicago where, and this is also on Lawyers for Better Housing's website, you can find that a resident in my ward in Logan Square is, let's put it this way, in West Englewood, you are six times as likely to be have an eviction filing against you as a renter as if you lived in Logan Square, it really lays bare the racial inequities in how evictions currently function in this city. And if we're serious, as Frank was saying about racial justice, 
for this city. I believe that just cause for eviction needs to be a part of our package of solutions. And I hope it's one that Chicago is going to embrace before this year. Thank you so much, Alderman. Thank you both. Um, And we hope everything goes well with this.